You're listening to the Talking Rheumatology podcast, brought to you by the British Society for Rheumatology. Hello, everyone. I'm Latika Gupta, social media editor for rheumatology, and I'm also a rheumatologist and immunologist based out of the UK. We have two lovely people with us here today. We're the author team of paper called How to Plug the Leaky Pipeline in Clinical Rheumatology Across Ooh. Europe. And they're coming from Austria to talk more about this very important topic. So uh, may I ask you to introduce yourselves, please? Uh, good morning uh, from Vienna. My name is Isabella Grabner, and I'm a professor of strategy and managerial accounting at VU Vienna. Me, that's Christina Duftner. I'm professor of rheumatology and I work in Innsbruck, Austria. Okay, very excited to have you here today. And before we start, could you tell us what is a leaky pipeline and why do you think this is a problem? Yeah, sure. Actually, the leaky pipeline describes the phenomenon of the dis- disproportionate loss of female talent at the hierarchy. So in the sense that at every hierarchical level, some talented women leak out and do not further pursue uh, the career. So let's take the example of medicine. So we have roughly 50% or even more nowadays of female graduates uh, from med school. But then if you look at the heads of uh, for example, rheumatology departments in clinics, we are far away from the same 50%. So there is many, many talented females up the way to becoming the head of this important discipline are leaking out. And why is that a problem? Well, actually, it's a problem at the individual organization and society level uh, because we are not using all the talent that we have efficiently. Training of medical doctors uh, requires really, really high investments of both individuals and society. It's very often financed by taxpayers, resulting in serious costs when highly talented and trained doctors leak out of the profession or actually stay in jobs beneath um, their uh, potential. Thanks, Isabella. Indeed, uh, this seems to be a glaring problem. And uh, coming from yourself, uh, from the non-medical side, this clearly is a problem across different fields and specialties. So, Professor Duffner, uh, what are your thoughts about it? And I assume this is the motivation for the survey. Uh, Could you throw some light on uh, the study itself and how you set out collaborating and gathering information? Yeah, we realized in Austria that there is an underrepresentation of female rheumatologists. And this is about one third of our overall rheumatologists are only female. And so we founded a task force for the female advancement in rheumatology. And this task force is called the FAIR task force. And one of the aims was to evaluate the reasons for the underrepresentations of female rheumatologists within our society. And we were aware by chance of all the, the work done in business and uh, economics by Professor Grabner and also Professor Arthur Bosch. Uh, it, and it was really in chance by a publication in the daily newspaper. And so, because of also personal contacts, we got in touch with these professionals 
and requested for the research project to have the input also from these fields in the context of um, healthcare in institutions and also for medicine. That's brilliant. And that should really shows the superpower of collaborating across uh, specialties and across different realms of science and even business. So uh, what do you think are the reasons for the leaky pipeline in general? We are all aware that clearly this seems to be a glaring problem. And do you think there are specific factors within organizations that may be contributing to this? Well, I think the first thing that I have to uh, agree with uh, Christina is that uh, the problem is not only a problem in uh, medicine, it's a problem in all different uh, disciplines. I think there is not even a single discipline or field where we don't see that within um, Austria, Europe or the United States. There might be um, some countries where there, there's a different culture, where this might not be the case, but in total, it's a phenomenon that concerns all of us. And what we still have to say, obviously, is we still see societal norms related to care responsibilities and in particular childcare responsibilities, as well as, uh, as also personal preferences of, of females of taking over these childcare responsibilities as one of the key uh, drivers. But it's really important for me to say here that this does not mean that organizations are off the hook or that they can do anything. Because organizations, through their work environments, their promotional standards, their work organization, actually can make it especially hard for females to pursue both a career and these family preferences. So females might not want to work uh, in uh, these uh, environments or get promoted in these environments if they expect that uh, they'd be unfavorable for them. So yes, um, we are still in a society where 50-50 in childcare is not normal, but organizations themselves often make it very difficult for females to combine it. And this is actually where all my research comes on my research uh, tries to find ways of how organizations, but I think we're going to get to that a little bit later, how organizations actually can create this equitable work environment that you don't need to choose between being uh, a mom and having a leadership position uh, in an important uh, field, be it, be it medicine or a business. Indeed, there's a lot that can be done at the organizational level. And on this note, I would uh, definitely like to bring your attention to two recent papers. In one, we look at editorial board positions, and clearly there's a difference there as well. Women are underrepresented, and we try to look at the themes and identify the reasons. The paper is, I think, now online in Rheumatology Oxford itself. And there are specific reasons, uh, the gender climate, Sometimes uh, it's the cultural context as well. So we recently looked at the Philippines and uh, the gender ratios there in a matriarchal society were more in balance. So lots of things to talk about. Did you experience a leaky uh, pipeline like in your personal professional experiences as well in rheumatology and beyond? Yes, indeed. Of course, I realize uh, the leaking out of highly qualified and trained female colleagues in my personal surroundings 
quite 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 frequently and this was one motivation to to request to evaluate this phenomenon in rheumatology and according to my observation and this is exactly the same as already outlined by by isabella is that especially the phase where women found a family is is really challenging to promote your own career on the one hand and to take care of the children on the other hand. And it is also observed in our data that there is a high variance in dealing with this called family work conflict. As we realize that in Eastern and Northern countries, there are already many, many established professional childcare for a large uh, amount of time established in in other countries especially in the in the german speaking dach region there there is a sticking to the traditional rules especially regarding the family care and so this is a relevant obstacle that we have to overcome in the future just to advance the the, the female careers uh, also in these regions. Absolutely. Organizational support and uh, uh, country-level support and system support is essential. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In terms of the observations from your study, I saw that you've reported that women reported higher intentions to leave their hospital, also lower levels of job satisfaction, and also promotion justice and career perspectives were different as well. Uh, so what do you think, in your opinion, was the most glaring and concerning findings from this study that merit immediate attention? I think what confirmed our expectation is that the, the leaky pipeline is there, even in the most developed, uh, if, if you say developed in terms of gender equality uh, countries. So we see the leaky pipeline across all different uh, countries. So it always the higher you get in the hierarchy, the less females you have. That's the first thing. And the second thing is also, because this is these are the facts, this is what we see in the numbers. But what we also saw is that females do, on average, have higher intentions to leave and lower job satisfaction. So they seem to be in a less, in a worse position than men. And then when we then link that to uh, factors of this equitable work environment, we see actually that firms can do something. Because why are females less happy than men? Is because they perceive less opportunities. They have lower career perspectives. They uh, experience lower promotion uh, justice. These are all aspects that the clinics uh, in specifically, but organizations in general have in their own control. It's the organizations themselves that design promotion rules. It's the organizations themselves, uh, of course, with uh, in collaboration with all the team members that create the work climate. So the bad news is, yes, we see the problem that females at the moment are less satisfied and are more likely to leave. But the good news is that the reasons for that are at the control of organizations and can be changed. And I think that's the good news uh, and the biggest message we have. Organizations need to reconsider how they create the work environment in general and 
promotion uh, policies, performance evaluation standards uh, in particular. And Professor Duffner, do you think there are any specific indications uh, from your study on uh, potential solutions that organizations can look at in rheumatology? Yeah, I, I, I really think that it's now up to us to encourage uh, the institution, the, the leaders of our institution to be aware of, of these problems and to take into considerations all these steps, all these activities already done in business and economics to overcome this, these problems and to achieve uh, equity uh, uh, work climate. And maybe if I may add something here. Uh, Christina already said the key word here, and that's awareness. The key point uh, actually for change is to create awareness because the first step to change is the awareness of everyone in the organizations that the work environment actually is designed in a way that typically favors men. It's not that uh, hospitals or organizations know or do, or do that deliberately. They often don't know. For them, uh, if you ask them, they would say no. I mean, of course, everyone is equal with us uh, and we do not uh, favor anyone, but that the way it's designed is more in favor of how men careers uh, look like and not in favor of what women would need to see a way for themselves to also pursue a career that is uh, key. So we need, first we need the awareness that there are differences and then uh, you can uh, change that. There is something very important uh, to me that I would like uh, to add is we're, we only now have been talking what can organizations uh, do, but we should not forget that we don't have to be passive. We can do, women can do a lot uh, by themselves. And uh, two things come to mind here. Um, and that's really a call because I've been working with so many students over uh, so long we as females very often have a confidence problem. We need to work on our confidence and we just need to be brave and try it. Because women try to, when we talk about the leaky pipeline, it's a lot of career steps and women tend to think they're not ready for a promotion or not yet have the competences. Men simply try. So I think we need to be braver and also uh, do that um, and just try it and be more confident and take the opportunities if they are given to us. Because uh, the problem is if we start to change the work environment and then women again don't step up, we still have a problem. So that's the big call to us. We need to help ourselves. And that also to women in leadership positions, they can actively approach junior females and pull them uh, along. And if we as females work together, I think we can also change or boost the change. Uh, of course, we need the organizations to work with us, but I think we are important enablers and boosters of the change uh, ourselves. Excellent point. And I think that leads on uh, wonderfully to the next question. Are there any future projects in this context that you have in the pipeline? Yes, indeed. There are enough, really, in uh, very, very much future, future uh, projects in this context. And one is that we already performed. This was a study evaluating the effect of the first wave of the pandemic on the scientific output of rheumatologists 
as well as on the burden um, of, of, of the of the pandemic on the work situation of rheumatologists regarding gender differences. We all um, we also reached out to our colleagues in Germany and Switzerland to address uh, a, a meeting, to organize a meeting in the DACH region to overcome the leaky pipeline that was seen in our study to be most prominent in these areas. So we are planning to do a meeting to really overcome the, the problems in our area. And then, of course, we want to evaluate the situation for those rheumatologists that already leaked out and work in the private practice now, just to see what was the reason why they leaked out, how can we overcome the problems they uh, outlined to us. And of course, there are many, many more projects which should be addressed. For instance, how can we specifically draw the attention of leaders of healthcare institutions to be aware of these problems and how can be trained and can we study the effect of such trainings on an outcome parameter, for instance, the job satisfaction of the, of the members of a faculty. And there are really, really a lot of interesting uh, research questions which have to be addressed in the future and which should help us to overcome uh, the problem of the leaky pipeline. Brilliant. I think that is all great news because the biggest step is beginning these uh, activities and trying to answer these research questions. And I would very much look forward to your future publications on this topic. Thank you for listening to Talking Rheumatology Research, brought to you by BSR. Please do rate, share and subscribe through your favourite podcast app.